Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. It's time for a peculiar podcast. In your wildest dreams, you could not imagine the marvelous surprises that await you. Hosted by Pat Cashman. He had taken his bodybuilding as far as he could. After winning a record seventh Mr. Olympia title, he retired. And back by his side, Lisa Foster. As a child, her ambition was to become a dancer. As good fortune would have it, she became a princess instead. Broadcasters turned rogue podcasters. This <laughs> is just a real nice surprise. They're back and on demand. Just press a button. See, you're on. Ready or not, it's Pat and Lisa. Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking, don't they? Yes, I guess you're right. <laughs> Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. Yeehaw! Can you dig it? Yeah, yeah, I can dig it, yeah. The time is at hand, and here we go. Listen to this, Lisa. This is just for you on this day. Happy birthday to you. This is your day. On this day for you. We're gonna love you in every way. It, it turns out it is your birthday today. Yes, it is. Are you aware of that? I am very aware of it. Oh, okay. I've been through this many times before. All right. Well, well, happy, happy <laughs> one to you. you. And uh, I, I think we're recording right now. I'm not sure, but I, we wanted, I wanted to acknowledge your big birthday day today. Yeah, thank but, you. But that's kind much. of a that was kind of a goofy sort of song. But no, that's very sweet. Who sang like that? Was that Johnny Mathis? No, no, I don't was know it, who it was. It's was it a, Dave it, Dudley? <laughs> Well, that would be good, but it's from an uh, album I have just that just says music and songs for all occasions. Aww. It lists no artists. Uh, it doesn't tell me who wrote any of the songs. It's just music and songs for all occasions. That's and this, very sweet. I've never this heard is that an occasion. Birthday. Now this is uh, this is one you probably are more familiar with. Uh, in in the uh, in the birthday genre, unfortunately, I can't find my. Oh, here we go. Okay, here it is. And you know this one. Uh-huh. Now you know the Beatles the the Beatles performed this song on their white album but they originally wanted to use the refrain from the original Happy Birthday song right but they ran into copyright issues and so they couldn't do it right But listen to this Now, in this little upcoming bridge here, you can fit the Happy Birthday song in there, even though it is not sung. That was how they got around it. Listen to this. All right. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Wish I could sing better. Happy birthday, dear Lisa. Happy birthday to you. Nice. That's how they kind of snuck it in there. Nice. Okay, well, uh, thank you very much for that. And, and it, it's interesting when you go to restaurants and uh, they sing the 
sing you happy birthday, that same copyright issue is in place. If you've ever noticed when you go to... Really? I didn't know that. You know, Applebee's or Denny's, like I'm going to be going to for my birthday. <laughs> oh. Applebee's uh, how do you decide between I don't know. Places, well, geez. Denny's is the better choice because you still get a free birthday. You still get a free meal if it's your oh, birthday. You oh, yes, you oh, do. Oh. So the idea is to hit as many Denny's during the day as you possibly can. And just you have to show them your driver's license. But when they come up, when the staff comes up and the waiters come up... To sing happy birthday. They never sing the traditional happy birthday song. You know, they're always singing happy, happy birthday, happy, happy birthday. It's just some random sort of. Oh, I never noticed that. Yeah, that's the part of the problem is they can't sing the regular birthday. And you can just see some of the waiters kind of like, oh, dear God, I got to go sing this retarded song to somebody for their birthday. You know that most of the waiters don't even want to do it, but it's part of their job. They have Hmm. to go in and sing happy, happy birthday, happy, happy birthday. Did you ever have to have a job where you had to do something like that? <laughs> I have a nephew who had to, he was working in one of those Cold Stone Creamery places. Oh. Very introverted kid, but they were required every once in a while. If you if you were a customer and you said, hey, sing me a song, he had to do it. it was part I of had the, no idea. Part of the deal, and he it just <laughs> it just tormented him to do it. And he, he finally couldn't take it anymore and quit the job just oh for that reason. Oh, my gosh. Because it killed him. He just couldn't do it. Did he have an old standby that he always went to? Just or just that's very interesting. I had no idea they did that. I there was a song, a country song, that was never popular, of course. But I, of course, anytime a song is weird, I acquire it somehow. Yes, you do. And it was a song called "The Shortest Song in the World." I don't remember who did it, but that was it. It was just as a pluck on the guitar, and then this is the shortest song in the world. Ding dong. And that was it. We'll have to find that. That would be the one you'd want if you just didn't <laughs> yes, want to do indeed. songs. Hey, before we get underway here today, and I guess we already are underway, I wanted to acknowledge that, yes, we do have a mailbox, an email box, and, yes, we do receive your emails and your comments, and, and I'm dang sorry that we don't mention it more often. There's a bit of a lag time between when we record these things and when you hear them, and by then we've moved on down two weeks or whatever, and so... We forget to turn around and look back at the the great comments that people have made. So I'm going to try to do a make good right now. Now, a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago maybe it was, I told a long shaggy dog story about a magician (laughs) and the punchline of which, and I'm not going to retell the story. That's the good news. But but the, the, the idea of it was that he... Uh, he sits up in a hospital bed after years and goes, ta-da. So that was the punchline <laughs> of the, the joke. Uh, Chris, uh, one of our uh, listeners, well, one of our four listeners, mm-hmm. said, here's an alternate. He's, in the, he's the top, one in the top, top of the top four. Yeah, yeah. And his alternate punchline was, hey, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't your name Jenkins? And you'd have to go back to the original joke <laughs> to see that. I kind of think that's a superior punchline. Yeah. Uh, Kirby says, well, I said, I have a problem with the word reality. And then you said, I have a problem with reality. (laughs) And he said, nice. Everybody has a limited vocabulary in that it is uh, finite. Well, actually, Kirby's the one that said, I have a problem with reality. Yes. Not you. He, he and he's referring to the episode where we talk about reality house program. hunters. I yep. think it was yep. Yep. where they used, you know, that's nice, that's nice, that's nice. This is a nice house, honey. Look at it's got the hardwood floors are nice. This is nice. Yeah, well, I was just complaining not about the show, but about how limited, limited our yeah. vocabulary is 
in this country. It's a, a sweeping generalization, of course, on my part, but I'm good at that. <laughs> uh, but so Kirby says um, uh, everybody has a limited vocabulary because it's finite. Some people's vocabulary is extra finite, and that is nice. It makes them nice and easy to understand, and that's great aspiration as well as a convenience. He says if Santa, and then you said Santa Claus wasn't real, and I remember you said that. And then he and says, wrestling. if Santa Claus wasn't real, why would the city of Everett put up signs like this? And uh, and then the the thing is cut off. <laughs> so oh, I don't great. Even, so, so I don't, don't know what, to, what he's referring to. Well, he's got a pic. It's a picture of a of a deer that he thinks looks like a reindeer. Oh. <laughs> so why would they put those signs up if, if Santa Claus wasn't? That's uh, a good point. And then he finally talks about. We talked about Botox because you received yes. Botox. Look at my fi- look at my face. My I hate you line is gone. Wow. You didn't even remark at how beautiful I look today, and the fact that I wore makeup. Yes, I was gonna say that. But you didn't remark about the fact that I'm wearing makeup, too. So (laughs) I just didn't want you to think I noticed because I know you were trying to go for a natural look. So if I said, hey, your makeup looks good, then you'd be like, oh, dang. Yeah, I know. I know you're wearing makeup. And so but here's what he says about Botox. Uh, He said, for some reason, I thought Heidi was a dog referring to the woman who gave me the Botox, the young woman who gave you the Botox. He says, it was my mistake or was it a cost-cutting measure? (laughs) I have uh, tried nettles as a substitute for Botox (laughs) with limited success. Uh, And uh, and my plan is to continue developing my experiments, botulism garden, using home canned vegetables, cured pork and ham, and lots of smoked and raw fish. So Kirby always has great and very interesting emails. Have you ever Thanks had? For that. Have you ever been stung by a nettle? Yes. God, that hurts. It lasts for an entire it day. Hurt. My aunt pushed me in a patch of nettles once. <clears throat> why? Why would she do we that? We were hunting for golf balls, and it was a contest. And I saw one, and she saw me seeing it, and so she pushed me in the nettle so she could get it. And she sounds like a nasty person. <laughs> I've she, met her. She so. didn't. She didn't really push me, but. <laughs> I blamed it on her. Nettles are, they are stinging nettles. And yeah. I think the only thing that takes care of it is witch hazel or and vodka. Those are the two There's a plant. for it. There's a plant that grows in many places where you find nettles, believe it or not. And you rub it on there and it does uh, somewhat reduce the... Uh, the pain of the I nettles, but it not doesn't... poison ivy. Well, I don't even know one that plant would be a from big, another. That'd be a big mistake. And you can make soup from nettles, although I don't know why you'd want to put them in your mouth. Yeah, that's right. You can make tea from nettles. Some guy was trying to get me started on nettles tea uh, For... years ago. It's supposed to be very healthful, you know. So, and yeah. stupidly, I, of course, I went along with it and I did it. And finally, <laughs> and look how healthy you are. <clears throat> finally, um, <laughs> one last bit of old business. I was talking about when I was uh, prepubescent, but all my friends were pubescent, I talked about putting, taking hair off of my mother's hairbrush and arranging it around my genitalia so that I could see what I might look like someday when I actually had pubic hair of my own. Well, it turns out that I wasn't the first person to think of it. And we got a, a nice email from David here who said, you know, a pubic wig is called a merkin. <laughs> I had no idea. Merkin. A... M-E-R-K-I-N. You can Google and find stories of well-waxed Hollywood actresses who had to resort to merkins t- for nude scenes in period <laughs> movies. 
And he said Kate Winslet comes to mind here. You might remember her from uh, the, uh, the 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 movie about the the Titanic movie. Wait a minute. We didn't see her Merkin in that movie, I don't well, believe. I, I don't remember if we did or not, although I'm willing I'll... to go back and take a look. <laughs> I bet you are. But he says, this is this is such great trivia right here. It's funny uh, that uh, Kirby had just mentioned Dr. Strangelove in his email. This is great. David says, if you check out the movie Dr. Strangelove, the president's name was <laughs> Merkin Muffley. <laughs> Which is so great. Now, that's a great piece of trivia. You can use that at a party next time you go to the party. You know what a pubic wig is called, don't you? I had no Even if idea. there's no context for bringing it up. It's, it's, it's awesome. Um, in our introduction that you listen to every week on our Peculiar Podcast, and thank you for listening, by the way, uh, you hear the, the expression, the phrase, it's loving time yes. in there. And you may be curious to know, well, that's great, and it's funny, it's loving time, but what is it? Where does it come from, and what's the point? So there was this country artist named Red Sovine. He's so fine. No, it's Sovine. Yeah, Sovine. And, and Sovine. And he's, uh, he wore horn-rimmed glasses, and he was a country singer, but his most famous songs, his most interesting songs, if you were, if you will, are songs where he didn't sing, but he sort of spoke them. He was kind of the original rapper, not that they it was a, a rhythmic sort of speaking. Yeah, exactly. He was a storyteller, mm -hmm. if you will. A musical storyteller. And one song, it, and, and I'm sure it was recorded in the, the most innocent fashion with the best of intents, but one of his songs had to me, and I think subsequently to you, Lisa, uh, something of a creepy quality to it. As he was talking about daddy, his daddy, <laughs> yeah. and what his daddy would do. And this coming up is where It's Lovin' Time comes from. Check it out. Back to me in many ways. And today, my mind flashed back to my childhood days. I recall my first day of school and how much it hurt my dad to see me start off in patched up blue jeans. But dad... Today, that's the style. My boy won't go anywhere without his patched up jeans. Is that right? They're old and faded, and they look like they've never been clean. Okay, now it's coming up. It's coming up. And I remember Sunday school, and how I'd get mad when you'd make me go. But now, I can see why that was so important to you. It's coming up here Because we prayed together, and we stayed together. Here it comes. Here it comes. Now, my dad was a man that knew his own mind. And I remember when he'd call us all together, and he'd say, family, it's loving time. Now, is that not a little creepy? <laughs> I, I, I remember now why that Yeah, that something, it, really... it could be interpreted creepily. Thanks for getting that stuck back in my head again, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just felt that was my job it's to do that. It's loving time. But, uh, of all, so I became obsessed with this guy, because he told, <laughs> many of his story songs were, were kind of weird like that. Yes. But one stood out as, uh, and we and I'd like to go through the whole thing one more time for, for old time's sake, okay. and because this is your birthday after all. <laughs> right. And this is how I'd like to spend and, it, and is what listening a to Red Sovine. What a Sovine. birthday present this would be. <laughs> Red Sovine songs are perfect. <laughs> okay. So and, this, as much as anything, is like a Twilight Zone story. 
Can can I ask you a question? Yes. Did, did Red um, write his? Was he also the composer as well as the performer? He was in some cases, although not all cases. Okay. And I don't know for sure on the the one you're about to hear. It it is to me one of the most majestic of all of his songs. <laughs> but I don't know if he was the author or not. But he's definitely the uh, the performer here. And he so, does breathe life into this. He does. And so if you are listening to this podcast right now. Uh, and it is nighttime. Maybe you want to stop right now <laughs> yeah. and listen to this in the bright sunlight because this With is going to people gonna, around you. This is going to scare the crap out of you. Okay, here we go. In the state of Georgia, some years ago, beneath a big tall pine tree, a baby boy was born. That'd be him. The mother never awakened. Her spirit moved on. And that morning. Just after dawn, some neighbors came along. Wait a minute, she had the baby under a tree? Yeah. I haven't heard this song in ever. So she just said, oh, here's a good spot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. It goes back to to family roots, I guess, as much as anything. What what the hell does that mean? Well, this is a stupid joke, actually. (laughs) But, but, (laughs) But... the reason he's bringing it up is because we've got to establish this pine tree. I know, but this you know me, I have questions story. about why well, did she decide to have a baby under a tree. I never thought of that part of it before. Thank you for your eagle ears. Okay. Okay, here continue. we go. Now. And just like I was their own, they took me in and raised me. And it became a legend about me and the old pine tree. Okay, I don't so know. some yeah. nice People so nice were people wandering had... by, and they went, "Hey, look! There's a baby under the pine tree. Yeah, let's keep and it. His mama's dead, so let's, let's keep it. Let's take him okay. in. Yeah, that's that fine. So far. So. The old tree was my refuge when I needed a place to cry, and listening to the winds toss her limbs about. Why sometimes it would make a sound that would almost make me freeze. In a low whisper, the old tree would say, "You belong to me." Okay, now that's that's when it's starting to get creepy. The tree is talking to him, and, and it's and saying, saying, "You belong to you me." You belong okay. to me. What does that mean exactly? The answer may surprise <laughs> you, as our story continues. Red Sovine. Oh, there were days I used to run and play and climb the old tree. Okay, can we stop there? The yeah. If the old tree is going, you belong to me. Why does he keep running and playing on it? Isn't he, so he's not alarmed at this point. Well, apparently, apparently not. He <laughs> feel he's feeling a certain kinship, and uh, perhaps he feels uh, trust, and maybe uh, that that the tree is a protector of his. Okay, so, uh, so he's not as cre- right, creeped sorry. out as we are. I didn't mean to ask that question. Okay, Here we just go. Want to make sense? Because you see, I felt safe playing there. Oh, there he okay, is. Okay, yeah. the yeah. old tree and I talked a lot. He didn't have any other friends, you know. <laughs> well, I can still remember my first date. His first Wait. date was with an elm. <laughs> we ended up at the old pine tree. We held hands and made plans for future there? things to be. I bet that really but made suddenly, me mad. The old tree was restless. And again, I heard the whispers, You belong to me. You belong okay. to me. Okay, no. That's not good. Is the tree restless or is the tree jealous? <laughs> yeah, that, I think that's the question. I think the tree is jealous. So can we assume uh, then if he was with a a woman under the tree that maybe the tree is female? Why else would the tree be jealous? Good point. And if he was it's, and if he was with the tree, if the tree was his date, he'd be holding limbs, not arms. Good point. Or, or hands. And, <laughs> 
So there's something, uh, I'm surprised at this point that he's not alarmed. Yeah. Because it's obviously affecting his other relationships with other, with human people. And he's lived a long, I mean, I'm assuming, let's say the earliest that he would date and have somebody there would be 16. So he's been putting up with this tree being all possessive for like 16 years. So he's just, he's clueless. Yeah, he really is. Well, the years went by and I was grown and I wanted to see the world seeking fortune and fame. Yeah, yeah, sure. Oh, it was a long, hard road, but soon it came. And riches, it just seemed to fall my way. Nice. And I'd always say, it's just old lucky me. Maybe you should hook up with this guy. (laughs) Not him, the tree. (laughs) Yet, I recall in my lonely moments the whispers of the old pine tree. You belong to me. But you know, life is not always full of roses. Because sometimes we hit some thorns. Oh, yeah. And I had this pain building up in my chest. Hit some nettles. That just kept lingering on and on. So... I finally went to see a doctor. Oh, boy. And with a grim face... Here it comes. He broke the news. Uh, You've got about 90 days to live, son. Wow, good acting. Do you hear how his voice is yeah, cracking? Yeah, he's starting to crack and quaver. Yeah. He's good. He's a he's very, very... great storyteller. Yeah, he's a great storyteller. Now, when when you got to the part where he said, so I went to the doctor, I thought maybe you were going to play that other song that said, and the doctor said, you're just missing your man. Remember that one? <laughs> well, I, I also could have played It's Love and Time. And, <laughs> and the doctor said It's Love and Time. I should not have gone to a gynecologist. What was I thinking? <laughs> All right. Uh, this is not right, going to end bad. pretty. Okay. okay. Here we go. Give or take a few. Oh, this can't be me. No. Why, I'm too full of life and fun. But suddenly, I heard the whispers of the old pine tree. Oh, boy. Well, right then, I headed back to where I was born. Because, you know, it just seemed that with all the wealth that I had gained, the old tree meant the most to me. I bet the old pine tree is rubbing his limbs together going, finally, (laughs) finally. Well, my thing about the old pine tree is, can't you say anything else? I mean, can't you say, oh, man, uh, oh, my bark is itching me or something. It's just always the same thing. You belong to me. Or do you these be- leaves make me look fat yeah. or what, something? Yeah, yeah it is. Something yeah. different. Come on. Hey, I don't like the looks of that shrub over there. Something. <laughs> so we're getting to the denouement, ladies and gentlemen. He's back at the tree. And as I drove to the spot where my life began, oh, I could hardly believe my eyes. Wait. The old tree was gone. Uh oh. And the ground was bare. Oh boy. And at that moment, not even a stump. I lost all hope. Oh no. With the old tree not being there. It was clear cut. So I placed a marker, then went back to town. Oh man. To buy that little piece of ground. Oh. And as I walked into that cold old building, he's really quavering. To make my final plans. Yeah. There was something over in the corner that caught my eye. Oh, boy. And for just a moment, I didn't understand. So I walked a little closer. Oh, my soul became at ease. Because from a big pine box... What? ...came the whispers of the old pine tree saying, Son, you belong to me. 
So. No, no, that that whoo singing at the end shouldn't be yeah. that. It should be. Don don don. I mean, it should be. No, that's a Twilight Zone episode. That's a, one of the creepiest songs I've ever heard. Yeah, it's. Good. It's like you remember that song, Lori. It was an, another old song from the '60s, I think, where a guy goes oh, out with a girl, yes, and then yes. she, then he, she forgets her sweater or something, and he goes back to her house to, and her parents answer the door, and they say, "What are you talking about? Lori's been dead yeah. for ten years." Yeah, yeah, it's that kind of creepy. And then he goes and he goes to her gravestone because he doesn't believe them, yeah, and, yeah. and this isn't the sweater like draped over the gravestone. Yes, yes. That stuff ha- does that stuff ever happen to you? No, yeah, nothing cool like that ever happens to me. Yeah, that's that's a great song. Is that it? Is it over? Do they just just harmonize on out? Well, there's uh, the old Pine Tree Part Two. Do you want to hear that? <laughs> Here's a peculiar classic. And welcome back, baseball fans, as we start the fifth inning of this game, all knotted up 3-3, three to three, and I know the feeling. Jackson was chased in the last inning. A new pitcher, the left-hander Muldoon, is in from the bullpen now as McElby comes to the plate, and I am putting the plate down as I'm starting to feel some cramping in my stomach from the chili cheese fries I ate during the break. Low and inside by the big southpaw. One ball and no strikes now on McElby. That is not the first time the chili cheese fries have gotten to me. Jackson asks for a new baseball and the umpire tosses him one. Those fries have more oil in them than an OPEC nation. Here comes the next pitch to McElby and Oklahoma, it is as high as an elephant's eye for ball two. Not that a side of fries is my biggest problem. Something is going on at my house and my wife thinks I don't know about it. Ball three, and that was so far in the dirt, it should have been in a coffin. As the catcher trots out to the mound now to calm Jackson down. Meanwhile, the word around the neighborhood is that the guy from the dairy, the milkman, has been spending an awful lot of time at my house, even though we haven't had milk delivered there in 10 years. Jackson, ready to throw, bases loaded, no place to put McElby. I'll bet the milkman is over at the house right now. And the 3-0 pitch, and oh boy, that one was wild. Jackson loses McElby. The run comes in. I'm being played for a sucker. Jackson gets the hook. I'm going to get some antacids, so stay with us while I make a call to the house it's four to three and now this word from ballpark chili cheese fries this portion of peculiar podcast brought to you by cashman brand but falsies want a bigger rounder fatter behind like pat cashman you can with cashman brand but falsies they fit right into your pants and nobody has to know except for everybody on facebook and now get ready for more peculiar podcast never matter I'm not going to play the old pine tree for you anymore. That was just kind of a memory flogger for people who hadn't heard it in a long time or who never heard it. Yeah. Red Soul Vine. I might be the only person uh, on the planet that has eight Red Soul Vine albums. You, you have the definitive Red Soul Vine collection. I love funky stuff like I know that. you do. I think I it's used awesome. To, you know, the, the country artist Dave Dudley, I used to play that all the time. There's something... If it's twisted, if it's different, if it's strange, the my favorite Red Sovine album cover is one where he's standing at a microphone, singing his his head off, and the microphone is clearly not plugged into anything. <laughs> There's no cord 
to it. it it's great. It, somebody overlooked that yeah. part. I love it. Details, I just love that. Details. Well, thank you uh, for uh, joining us again, everybody. By the way, you can uh, leave us comments, phone co- messages at 425-522-BURP, B-U-R-P, uh, 425-522-BURP. And uh, otherwise, you can drop us uh, messages at our respective email boxes, Lisa at Lisa, uh, Lisa at PeculiarPodcast.com, or me, not me, M-E, but Pat at PeculiarPodcast.com. And also like us on Facebook. We love getting comments on our episodes and crazy pictures that we put up. So please like us on Facebook. There is so much um, misery and unhappiness in the world. Uh, And uh, so we've always, Lisa and I have always taken uh, the tack that, you know, if we can provide uh, some uh, light heartedness and some merriment in the uh, daily discussion, all the better. Mm -hmm. People need that. However, we need to, we really need to talk about something that just happened uh, over the weekend, a Friday night, I believe it was, uh, that is so horrific. And uh, these stories st- seem to stop time. Everybody, even the politicians, the, the Obama camp and the Romney camp, they stop politicizing, uh, to some extent at least, temporarily, when a, a story like the one out of Aurora, Colorado comes along. You know it well by now. Uh, he, um, a mass shooting of people by a, even as we're recording this, a lone gunman whose motives are completely unknown and may never really be known. Mm-hmm. Because for you to know what someone's motives like that, you'd have to get into their head. And this head uh, sounds incredibly complicated, wildly twisted, and uh, and. So how can you ever understand and, and it? even if we do, and, and that's right there, even if we do know what the motives are, do, is that ever going to make anybody go, oh, 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 oh okay, I see. now I understand. Yeah. Now I understand. That it it won't sense. matter what he says. No, of course Why not. he did it. It will still be incomprehensible, um, horrific, and it just, I think, affects people deep on a deep level when it's an activity as innocent as going to the movies, and you cannot, you can no longer... <sighs> There's just certain things that you do, you take for granted and think, well, certainly I'm not going to I'm not going to buy the farm here. You know, I'm going to the grocery store, I'm going to the movies. And I think that's why it affects people so deeply and and yeah. the the forum boards have just been packed with people talking about uh talking about this this tragedy. Um I don't really have anything to add to to well, to that. Well, it's just it is the randomness of it. Uh it, you know, being in an automobile accident where you are at the wrong place at the wrong time is is a random thing too. Right. But they they couldn't even get into this guy's apartment because he had booby trapped that. I mean, clearly this wasn't a guy who snapped uh, at a moment's notice. This is a long planned bit of strange behavior mm-hmm. uh, that he calculated down to even booby trapping his apartment. To me, the unusual part about it is the odd part, and maybe it isn't odd in his mind, is that he gave up. Uh, so uh, without a fight, he just went out and sat in his car after mm-hmm. he had done all of this and just let the police take him rather than plan some grand final mm-hmm. chapter. Uh, mm-hmm. That part is right. Is rather weird. than taking himself out, which is yeah. not uncommon uh, or trying to escape. Yeah, yeah, that is very odd. So it, 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 it may or may not have a lot to do with this movie, The Dark Knight Rising. Uh, which is uh, the Dark Knight Rises. I was thinking of uh, uh, Sourdough. 
Right, different movie. The Dark Sourdough Rises. Different movie. Yeah. So it may or may not have anything to do with with this Batman movie, but they're you know these these news people are really quick to come up with possible connections with uh, other Batman comic I books know. through the ages. And well, there was a comic book story in Batman issue number twenty seven three where where a guy uh, uh, killed a bunch of people who were in a TV audience. So he, maybe he thought of that, and that's he's trying to act that out. Who knows? Who cares? Who knows? It, it doesn't, doesn't really matter. But but the, I guess the point is, would this give you pause to go and see? this movie or any other movie in a movie theater after something like this happens. Well, I don't like going to the movie theaters anyway. Yeah. Why for not? much less, for much uh, more innocuous reasons than somebody bursting through the emergency room. And is it because they're, door, rather. is it because they're so expensive now and you've always got some numbnuts sitting in front yeah. of you that is uh, spoiling your time? Yeah. This, this doesn't change my, I, I, this won't, if I do go to the movie theaters, this won't change me going. Um, if you think about it, here's the thing that happens is you have this one horrific event and, and everybody swears off of going to the movies. Yeah. But if you balance out the uh, percentage of people who go to the movies and this, it's, I'm not. It's, it's, it's like, it, it's like being afraid to fly. Exactly. Because there's a, a horrific aircraft crash. Right. Uh, but the, but the odds of that happening to you are infinitesimal when exactly. you consider how many planes. How are many planes off. every single day? You got a better chance of somebody sitting next to you, uh, with an annoying kid, I, and, I, and giving you a bad time. Yes, I, although that couldn't happen either. No, never, never. So it, it the only thing it does for me is I think you 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 tend to be almost hyper vigilant uh, when you're out. Even after I heard this news, I was I went to the grocery store and the drugstore for liquor, of course, and for <laughs> both at both places. But I I was really kind of now more aware of. Hey, well, what's that guy with the baggy pants doing? Yeah. You, you you tend to your mind, your imagination starts to get, um, yeah. it work on o overdrive. Things um, that you wouldn't really pay attention to never. before, or certainly before 9-11. Right. The other day I was in a parking garage downtown, and I saw a man, and I will say that he appeared to be Middle Eastern. Well, he was, didn't appear to be. He, he was. He, he was. And, and I'm in the parking garage, and I'm trying to figure out how to pay for my parking in this underground parking garage. I see him walk by. He kind of gives me a look. And then he walks to rather the darker recesses of the parking garage. And I don't really pay that much attention to him. And I'm pay paying for my parking in a machine that they have down there. I turn one last time to look at my car. And I turn and see him. And he's now on the ground back there. And oh, he, what do you mean on the ground? He's on the ground and he's bowing. He oh, is clearly praying. praying in there. Uh, so that's what he's doing. So I'm thinking, well, that that's fine. It's really none of my business, and good for him. He's practicing his religion. But uh, at the same time, I wonder, why are you in this dark parking garage hiding back there doing this at now? At this particular there, moment. Yeah, I I don't know. I didn't, I, I frankly did not uh, address it, but, um, and there was, and, and when I came back just minutes later, he wasn't there anymore, so. Did you like, did you get the hell out of there quick? Yeah, well, I checked under my hood to make sure nothing. Yeah. Go, go, go. But you, when you become highly sensitive, sensitive to these things, you start noticing things you never noticed before. Right. And then you're always questioning yourself. 
Am I? Maybe I'm making something out of nothing. Am I overreacting? Yeah. Is this uh, really an issue or not? Yeah. I'm. I'm famous for that. I. My imagination goes wild on anything that's out of the ordinary. I instantly. I skip quite a few steps to the worst possible thing it could be. Well, why not? Yeah. That. That's part of the fun of being that, a human. I make that leap. Yeah, all I know. the time. Well, at any rate, uh, it. Uh, I don't know what more we can say about this, that uh, shooting story that has not been said by a lot of other people, except that it is, uh, it, it just tears your heart apart when you see these, these incidents are horrific in themselves, but then when they break down to the component individual stories of the people that were killed or were injured in this random act, yeah. people who are just going about their lives, everything's yeah. going swell or whatever. And then somebody with an ego or something so big that he thinks, I I can snuff this person's life Mm -hmm. out. That's what I'm going to do because that's what I can do. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to do it. Right. Um, And, of course, it's these, uh, I I understand that, and I don't want to get into gun control issues here. That's being discussed ad nauseum. Yeah, but, you know, Um, it never never really gets... It never and moves it never the needle will. one and, way or the other. And this kind of tragedy will happen again, and everybody will begin the debate once more in a, in a very public forum and in a very loud voice. And then it'll it'll level off and die again until this very thing happens again. And then it just it, it is a never-ending debate and uh, one that always seems to really be put in front of everybody when something like this happens. And that's saddens me uh, yeah, that it takes yeah. that there uh, there is there are and nothing ha- gets resolved there are a handful of topics that you and i i think uh, without saying so agreed we would never talk about on the radio because they're non-starters that you just they, nobody wins everybody's pissed off and it's stupid and and they include religion and they include uh, abortion and they include uh, gun control mm-hmm. you, you bring it up and and the, the heat's gets turned up but nothing gets resolved nobody wants to listen to anybody else's point of view so we say well forget it we won't even bring it up why bring it up however i used to be pretty adamantly uh gun control i mean i i just never could understand why people had to have guns willy-nilly and everybody had to be armed i'm sort of sliding the other way over the years because uh i don't think the possession of a gun let's put it this way that guy uh, whatever his name is, James something or other, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. In Colorado, uh, he would have found if he couldn't have gotten his hand on a gun, he would have. He pr- clearly had the ability to get poisonous gas oh or gosh. a bomb or something else. Yeah, the thing, bombs he was building. So you can't blame the gun, the guns for that. Uh, not really, but uh, it, there are those who make the argument. You go to a country like Switzerland, for example. Everybody there is armed. Or so I'm told. Canada yet, as well. Canada yet, has very low... And they and they have very low, uh, you know, crime rates. Very or low crime, crime rates. So I don't know what the answer is. That's why we're not going to talk about it anymore. Yeah, but I think it's a good we, idea. We certainly should have uh, brought it up because it's it's a big deal. You want to take a break or yeah, do you want I to before keep going? We, before we take a break, I do want to bring By up... By the way, the, happy birthday again. That's Thank you. And can we, I'd like to get back to that at some point because I see... Is this a present for me that you have over here? Yes, it is. Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, by the way, we got. Uh, I got Lisa. A, I love a these big. You know those balloons. balloons you can get. And I have to confess to you, we went to the dollar store. <laughs> it's not even a dollar store. It's a dollar plus is the name of the store. Oh, dollar I plus. see. Well, why even put? Yeah. Why even put you the dollar name, in there? You could name a car dealership that if you wanted. Yeah, to. Yeah, I couldn't even find anything in that store that was a dollar. 
It's, it's, so that's ridiculous. But, but it is the crappiest store you have ever seen. And that's the, where you went to buy my present? The, the dollar store is a good store. Have you ever been to the dollar store? I've not. I, I, it's a good store. It's not a good store. It is. You know those wine glasses that we use for you sometimes? Everything's made in China. They're a dollar each. That's, they're big, heavy They're crystal. made in China, and they're, they're, they're probably coated with poison and lead. That's ah, why. Something else is going to get you anyway. All Who right, cares? so you went to the dollar store that's yeah. not really the dollar store the to dollar get my balloons? The dollar plus store, yes. I got your balloons. <laughs> we were originally going Hang to... Hang on, re- I, I got to dig a picture of them. <laughs> we were originally going to record... This podcast two days ago, yeah, and then uh, I'll explain why that got uh, preempted, <laughs> and and so we had the balloons ready, and you were coming over, and then I had to call you off at the last second. So two days later, <laughs> these cheap balloons have lost all of their helium, and they're now supine on the floor, except for one <clears throat> that is st- still somewhat erect. Yeah. But they're all, and I thought, well, I'll go get her some new balloons before she. And then I thought, no. This will be funnier. She'll like this yeah, more. Those are they're hanging in there. That's what I like about yeah. them. They they represent me and my life. Now I know we only play paid you know a few dollars for these balloons, but shouldn't they last longer than two days? Hey, you want to take them back? Well, I'll take them back I'm with think, you. I'm thinking of storming back in yeah, there. I think it's not a bad idea. But can you go storming into a store that is a, a just dollar a dollar store, store and with your receipt and say, damn it, I want, I want justice. I want my $2 back. <laughs> yeah, you can't do no, that. you can't do that. It's silly. Okay, um, anything else? Yeah, the only thing I wanted to get back to uh, was the the action that the AMC theaters took, which I thought was oh, yeah. an interesting, uh, very knee-jerk, uh, generalized, uh, it just didn't seem very th- well thought out in, in that they were banning costumes. Yes, God, I'm glad uh, you brought that up. From the theater, and I... They were banning costumes. All costumes. You had to, so... But didn't they use specific language, like if it is a... Um, what they say if it is a if it is a threatening co- a mask or a, a no they s- they made this is what I'm saying and then their, who makes that decision their initial uh, blanket policy was no costumes of any shape or kind then they come back well, later that, well that would let every, everybody that dresses in punk exactly. clothing for example and then they what? came back and said well we we um, we're going to you know rescind that and now our policy is you can't have anything covering your face so no masks. So you can't wear uh, masks, but you can wear costumes. Well, I'm that's, not really even sure why I bring problem, that up. But, uh, well, the, the thing about it is that there has been, I, I don't think, any any exact precedent for what has happened in the shooting. Now, from now going forward, then other companies beyond AMC will now be able to formulate policies in case this happens to us, Ugh. then we'll then we know what to do. All right. But they're I making it up now. They I, don't know what to do. I don't know how to verbalize this well. It's in my head, and that is that one guy. I don't even can't, don't have the numbers of how many people have gone to the movies in costumes and masks. So now you're going to make this sweeping policy. This is what happens when something bad happens. Is this is somebody, what's happening at the airport? Yes, everybody has to get screened. Yes, and yeah. this is what makes me nuts. Is yeah, that I know you don't make this blanket policy. Let people come in costumes and masks I or really, blankets. I don't think it's going to be that that big of an issue. One guy and how many gazillion trillion babillion people in the past that have come in and have not caused any trouble this is i i I have such little patience with policy making of this sort 
it drives me nuts. And and even when it's just done on a personal level, if somebody says, well, now I'm making a decision, wait a minute. It's just you're not taking into account the percentages. And again, I'm not verbalizing this well. No, you're doing you, you it very well. You understand what I mean. I do. It's, I think you're doing it very well. It's insane. I, you are very articulate about it and you're very serious yeah. in what you're saying. However, I'm having a little trouble what? with your credibility because you're wearing this silly little little girl happy birthday tiara. Isn't it As cute? you're saying it. Yes, Isn't it's very it cute. cute. <laughs> you're right. I shouldn't be getting into too, too difficult material when I've got this dumb crown on my head. But it works. You paid attention to yeah, me. Yeah, and nobody would know if I didn't point it no, out. No, I'll, so. I'll take a picture of it. All right. Happiness is a warm gun. Happiness is a warm It's time again for Conversations with Unusual People. And our guest this time is Mr. Peter Skrulshipner. Hi, Pat. Good to see you. You seem to be in a pretty good mood there. I'm happy, yeah. You're happy, are you? Yeah, but that's about as far as I'm going to go with that. Because you... I can't tell you how happy I am. You can't tell me. No, I can't. But you are happy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. But that's all I can tell you. Okay. What are you so happy about? Well... Uh, I'm afraid if I told you that, mm -hmm. you might be able to figure out how happy okay, I am. And, and you I... don't want that. No, sir. Yeah. Well, I guess then we've gone about as far as we can go with this interview today. Do you have anything to eat around here? Are you hungry? I can't tell you how hungry I am. Maybe we could uh, send out for something Great. for you. But I need to know how hungry you are. You know, I don't want to order too much or too well, little look, here. Now I told you I can't tell you how hungry I am. Well, okay, well then I'm just sorry we can't get you any food. Look, your producer promised there'd be something to eat here. Well, I'm sorry. He that said makes that. me angry. Well, That I've... makes me angry. Yeah, but I don't suppose you can... No, I can't tell you how, how angry, angry you I are. am. Okay, I well, can't. all right. Well, thanks for stopping by anyway. I can't tell you what a pleasure it's been, Pat. I understand. Okay. This portion of podcast is brought... Larry's Audio World. From stereo systems, microphones, if it's anything audio, you need Larry's World. Visit us at any of our Western Washington locations in Burien. Where else? That's it, Burien. Okay, that's it. That's Just it. Burien? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've got something to tell you. I think that you ought to know. I've had my eyes on you, baby. A long time ago This is Tony Joe White And now I finally got the nerve And I'm gonna make my move He wrote Rainy Night in Georgia now Don't you try to turn me off Cause it's gonna be hard to do And this one I gotta think about you baby Ain't nothing I can do I gotta think about you baby Think about loving you Lisa is celebrating a birthday today And she's just put a pretzel or something in her mouth Chocolate Chocolate, yeah. The birthdays are the day for chocolate. Mm, thank you, too, for my chocolate This cake. might uh, surprise you, uh, or, or maybe not, but I, one time I ate so much chocolate that I got really, really sick. I mean sick. I? And, and the only comment was that, well, at least my uh, vomit smelled good. <laughs> but I got so sick on it that to this day, I can live without chocolate. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying I don't ever eat it, but I don't... I don't 
care for it that much. That's not an uncommon reaction for people if they ever overindulge in something to the point that it makes them sick, they, they can't have it anymore. Yeah. And that, that's kind of the aversion therapy that I, have a I, list I think of those the, the Sheck Shadle uses, for example. Yeah. But uh, the reason we didn't do our podcast as scheduled a couple of days ago when you were going to come over here yeah. is that I, my wife and I went out to a uh, restaurant. I had a Cobb salad. Mm. I like them. Mm, I like yeah, them. They're good. They're good. They're good. And we had a beer. So Cobb salad and a uh, beer. Wait a minute. A beer? A beer. Did you have a, a beer? It was a beer the size of a garbage can, <laughs> but it was a beer. Oh, oh, okay. It was good, too. It was really good. It's an IPA. Mm. Oh. What's that? India Pale Ale. Oh. My wife considers them way too bitter, but the bitterer, the betterer, I say, on a beer. Pale Ale. Yeah. I'm not a beer girl. They call it IPA. In heaven there is no beer. That's why we drink it here. And when we're gone from here, well, our friends will be drinking all the beer. Everybody sing! In heaven there is no beer. Uh, anyway. So even before our meal is done, I'm, I'm feeling kind of a, a pain in my gut, and I'm telling my wife about it. And we pay for our food, and we get up, and I'm walking across a parking lot, and I'm going, geez, I don't feel good. Ugh. It progressed to where that evening, my gut is, not only is it killing me, but it's sticking out. Oh, it's, yeah. So it's, you're bloated. It, it's, and... Yeah, it's just my gut is just sticking way out you were filled with gas my friend i guess so and and other stuff yeah because i could not sleep that night and these waves of of gut pain would come over me and then um have you ever seen the movie uh the the, uh, tv series game of thrones (laughs) that was me i spent and it was not a game but it was had a lot to do with thrones i I called you and that's what you said and it was it was horrific and then i'm in a situation and you've been there too where you you either have to throw up or you have to go out the other end and if you do it simultaneously it's going to be a catastrophe it is oh Oh, i felt bad for you so even now a few days later i'm i'm better but Wait, it, it, it really pounded me. Now I'm so, surprised, so, though. It doesn't. That doesn't. Food poisoning doesn't um, manifest that quickly, though. So I it know, had to. It had to have been the breakfast your wife cooked you. No, I don't, because I didn't eat anything the rest of the previous day at all. I didn't eat anything, and it huh. came on really quick. And my wife, uh, who's a nurse, and so I guess I got to give her some cred. She says no. I don't think you got have the twenty four hour flu. I think you got food poisoning because food poisoning does come on. Oh, does it rather quickly? I didn't realize that. Yeah, it can come well, on now, really fast. So, did you call the restaurant that you went? And I'm glad you didn't mention their name. Did you call them and say, "Has anybody else reported?" I think it's kind of your duty to let them know. No, I, I need I, to tell people the name of the restaurant. No, don't tell them the name of the restaurant. No, I need to tell them the name of the restaurant. <laughs> All right, just in fairness. Okay. It's Salmonelli's. <laughs> It's an Italian place. Well, you need to call. Don't go there. You need to call them and say. Yeah, we did. Oh, you yeah. did. So yeah. what did they say? Well, dude, it's the first we've ever heard about it. Well, okay, maybe. But did they but... offer you a free meal or no? Or I don't want to eat there again. <laughs> <laughs> they offered me a free stomach pump. No, I didn't want to eat there again, and they didn't offer that. I, I didn't call to try to get something. No, I know free, that. But I just but... called. Jesus, if anybody, you guys should, because what are the components of a cob salad? You got your egg. You got your hard-boiled egg. Those are dangerous that right could, there. That could be the trouble right there. Right. Uh, you got your lettuce. Oh, that's true. You got your chi- this one had a chicken. Sometimes they have ham. Uh, there was avocado you, you, you in mean there. It had a chicken. Like, did it just have chicken? 
You said it had a chicken. Like, was it a live chicken? They I put miss, on it? I that misspoke. could be the problem. I misspoke. If they put it, a live chicken on your on your salad, then no, they. I misspoke. It was just chicken. Chicken. I egg. think. It, it's 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 a blur to me now, Lisa. I bet there is. But it, here's, blue, here's cheese, a pat- blue cheese dressing. Yes, there was that. Yeah. Oh. See, all of that stuff. It tasted fine. but any It always it, does going in. <laughs> oh, I feel t- bad for you. Well, the worst part of it is, and I uh, am embarrassed to admit this, but uh, embarrassed to admit it as a man. But I'll say Did it you cry? No, I didn't cry, but I I tend- cry when I barf. I always cry. Well, I t- you can't help the tears coming out. But I tend, yeah. I tend to uh, pass out. Let's put it that way. I get faint over the littlest things. When I get my blood drawn, I start passing out. And so they. I know we've talked about this so before. The you advice, are, you're the, such a weenie. Well, apparently, men more than women uh, tend to pass out when they have their blood drawn. Oh, I know. That's I why did. they have those big Barca loungers in the um, phlebotomist's office because. I, <clears throat> The phlebotomist's office. Ooh, such a big word from such a young woman. Yes, I know. Well, I have to go in and get my blood done for my thyroid all the time. And I, I really is like, I don't even need to sit down here. Just do it. And I, I asked them one time, I go, why do you have these big, cushy Barca loungers in here? And she said, because our male patients tend to pass out when we take their blood. Well, thanks for throwing us under the bus, nurse. But it is true, I know. And I'm, and I'm exhibiting. So did you pass out when you barfed? No, I, do you pass out? Bef- you pass out after you, I, you barf. Uh, well, we don't want to get into that. We can I talk about barf get, way too much. I but do want to get everybody barfs. Everybody barfs sometimes. But not everybody passes out when they barf, unless they're drunk. Well, I didn't uh, go that far, but I was. It was definitely. Uh, it was a. It was a three-ring circus out the other end. <laughs> And with I, and music and everything. Yeah, it was. There was elephants. There were clowns coming out of little teeny cars. It was great. <laughs> but, but, like a party. but I, but I get when I, I, I start getting dizzy when I'm when I think things hurt. Oh. And so I started crawling. I was in this bed. I went to a middle bedroom in our house because I didn't want to keep my wife up in case I had the flu. I didn't want her to get it. So I'm crawling. I said I gotta go to the bathroom and I try and I, and I get real dizzy and so I. Go to the floor because I, I don't want to fall very far. And then I'm crawling across the floor like I, I you know, I'm an eight month old <laughs> and I'm trying to reaching in the dark for the doorknob and I can't find the doorknob. And so I finally just collapse on the floor in a, in a big pile of self pity. That's the best part when you oh, don't feel good. It's so bad. Yeah, it's so bad. That's the best part. I'm, I'm doomed. And then I thought, <laughs> you know what? I I might die. And my wife's going to find me like this, all curled up like a little baby. <laughs> Again, you skipped a few steps from, she, from barfing to I'm going to die. Yeah. She said to me the next day, she said, well, why didn't you call me? Why didn't you tell yell down the hall so I could come? In? I said, I, I was too weak. I couldn't even, <laughs> I couldn't even do it. Men are the worst, aren't they? Such a baby. I know. Uh, I, I don't. Right. I don't want to uh, backtrack too much uh, towards uh, this uh, very serious topic we we discussed a moment ago about the shooting in the movie theater. Except that coincidentally, on the business page uh, this very week, very last week, mm-hmm. uh, there was a big article in the business page about 4D movies. As Wait a minute, 4D? Th- 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 it's kind of a play on words because there isn't a 
really. Oh, okay. What they're really doing. Look at me. I all believe. I all believed you. Well, there's nothing new about this 4D idea. It is the idea that the seats in the movie theater oh, heave yes. back and forth, like during an earthquake, and vibrations, scene, and there and... are smells and smoke and gunpowder that come into yes. the theater and things like yes. that. Yes. <laughs> um, if I'm just, I'll just simply say it at this: if if 4D had been a part of that movie that those people were at. Uh, they might rightfully have thought that this was just part of the show. And in fact, a lot of people thought... They did think it was part of the show. It was part of the show. Absolutely. And even if that were a part of the theater, I bet a lot more people would have been killed. They would have stayed yeah, thinking this was I part suppose. of it. But do you do you go for 3D movies? And and I, I don't like... Think, I, I've been to movies in the past uh, where they will rumble the seats around or they'll, uh, they'll have, uh, you know smells that will uh, be let out into the theater to supposedly yeah. heighten the experience. I, I don't want that. No, I don't know. That should be an option. I don't know. I'm 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 not a fanatic about 3D movies, but there's I have friends I can't go see 3D movies with because it actually makes them physically ill. Yeah, it gives mm. them a little bit of so, I don't vertigo. Know. Yeah. And okay. I, it's also a completely different experience. Uh, I went to see Avatar in 3D uh, when it came out a couple of years ago, and I was simply exhausted, exhausted from watching that movie. There was so much action. It was on a big screen. I was exhausted. And I didn't enjoy the movie that much. And somebody said, you need to go see it uh, in 2D because you'll probably enjoy the story more and not be so... Well, you should work your way up. I think you should start in 1D. Should I just listen to it at first? Yes, at first. Okay. Or just sort of, uh, yeah, smell that's it or good, something. That's a good idea. Um, I can't remember. I've lost my train of thought. It's okay. Uh, the train is moving down the road anyway. Hey, uh, I'm just jumping all over the place, but you talked a little earlier about that you had gone to the store to get liquor and things like that. Did you see that liquor sales in our neighboring state of Oregon are way up? After this initiative has gone into place? Yeah, oh yeah, it's cheaper to get your yeah. hooch down there. Yeah, down on the border? No tax. You can drive right over if you're in Vancouver, Chehalis, wherever. No if you're tax. close to the border, go in there. There's no tax. Now, you're supposed to pay a tax. Did you know that? Well. Washingtonians who buy liquor or other items in Oregon where there is no uh, state yeah, sales tax are bad. supposed to pay uh, a use tax on their purchases, but too bad. nobody does. That's stupid. No, I don't. You well, gonna make me? It's the law. There. Are you gonna make me? I I've I'm not gone down. You, but... uh, gone down with a friend. I had a friend I went down to Oregon with a couple months ago, and he wanted to get a new laptop. And we said, "Hey, we're going down to Oregon anyway." So we went down and bought a new laptop. You mean computer? That's what I he mean. He wasn't gonna get a new laptop. Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. No. Just wanted so, to clarify that. Um. So yeah, next time you're down, you go down to Portland all the time. Would you mind picking me up some? Vodka? Well, I don't go down to Portland all the time, but I'll tell you this much: liquor is a lot cheaper down there. It's a kind of a sticker shock thing when you go down there and say, "Oh my gosh!" But again, you have to. Is that factor a good enough in... reason to move there? You have <laughs> hell yes. You have to factor in the gas it's going to cost you to get down there. So it's one of those things you have to. Well, plan on doing you, if you you're already walk. down there or take the bus yeah and then you're getting on the bus with these big boxes of liquor <laughs> excuse me excuse me <laughs> you're not gonna sit in that seat are you I gotta, thank you thank you very much oh, boxes of liquor one final thing um it is a, there is this debate going on in the new egypt and i'm not really sure what's going on uh, in these uh these countries like uh, syria and libya where they supposedly had this this enlightened spring and they got rid of the despots and there was going to be democracy and now in some cases 
it doesn't seem like it's going all that well. I, I haven't kept up on this, so can you, for people like me who, I, I don't read this stuff, what is the new Egypt? Well, the new Wait, Egypt... first of all, what was the old Egypt? I'm not even sure I'm familiar with what that was. Well, you remember uh, uh, Hosni Mubarak. Oh, sure. Yeah, he's a, in fact, I, I thought he was at death's door, and I never heard how it worked out for him. Apparently, he's hanging in there. Huh. How old is he? Uh, I don't know. He's a million years old. He, <laughs> he was their head cheese for over 30 years, I think. All right. But he was uh, he was ousted, and so there's this new regime in there. And uh, and I don't know that much about it, but uh, a year after the fall of Hosni Mubarak, that was in February, this new leader, this, the, uh, the, not a leader, but a, a guy, there's a story in the paper about a guy named Ahmed Hamdi, who uh, went to work clean-shaven all the time oh. because uh, you're supposed to do that for any government oh, job. Oh, I didn't realize that. I but, thought that was a But thing. now okay. that all those many of those restrictions have been lifted, he decided, you know what, I want to wear my beard again because that's my religious identity. And so he arrived for work as a bearded policeman and immediately became part of a big struggle and they oh, suspended him and 60 other guys for wearing beards. They were policemen. I'm sorry. I don't mean to tisk tisk this. I know it's a big deal for them, but who cares? Well, they care who because cares? it's part of their religious who identity. Why? Well, who cares why? Well, I care why. Isn't that a ridiculous thing? If you have hair on your face or not? Well, maybe to you. That's di- this goes back. I uh, know eons, that doesn't you know? make it. That doesn't make it make sense or. or well, I don't think or, you can poo poo someone's religion. Legitimize it. Well, sure. Wh- well, on the other hand, why should he have to not have a beard? I would turn that back that's on you. That's th- no, you're not turning anything back on me. That's you're making my point for me. That should be his choice, and it shouldn't have anything to do with his relationship with his God or his re- or his ability to do the job. It's just a beard. I know, but this is what they believe. This is a big deal to them. You're starting to really get me worked up about but the it's beard tr- thing. But it's true. I, I mean, understand just that. Just because it's not important to you doesn't mean you can poo-poo it for somebody else. <sighs> Yeah, just because Mubarak is gone now, uh, Muslims are looking for more room to express themselves, and this is one of the ways they can do it, because they were repressed under his regime. That's all. I think it's more of a symbolic thing, like, hey, look, I can grow a beard now. That's my point. They should have always been able to do this. They should be able to wear well, their hair long or, in agreement on or that. you know, you shouldn't have why... to cover your head. You shouldn't have to, you know, these women that wear these burqas and not to be... Um, confused with a Merkin. Yeah, that's, thank you for bringing known, that That's back known as there. a callback in the industry. Well, here's the thing, uh, and this is taking a, a complete departure. From I know, the, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get all worked up about the beard, but that stuff bothers me. No, but I'm just saying that a beard uh, is, uh, even a fake one, <laughs> is a good disguise. <laughs> yes. And that's why bank robbers yeah, it is. have been using them for years. It, it really is a good disguise. Uh, outside of the traditional wearing of beards by many clergy around the world, the popularity of face hair has shifted through the centuries. I did a little research on this. Have you ever had a beard? Never have. I tried to, but it just got too scraggly and didn't look good. I looked more like Gabby Hayes than, <laughs> than uh, you know, President Hayes, so mm-hmm. Rutherford B. Hayes. So in ancient times, the beard was considered a symbol of manlyhood and virility. Oh, yes. And if that standard was applied today, half the Oak Ridge boys would be wimps. Uh, in Greece, all the guys wore beards until the 4th century B.C., hence the expression, that guy sure has a greasy beard. 
Oh, I get it. You still with me? Yeah. Uh, before long, beards were everywhere. If you look at old pictures, everybody yeah. was wearing a beard. They had bearded collies, bearded irises, bearded dragons, <laughs> bearded clams, and uh, occasionally bearded ladies. Oh, my God. But then along came Alexander the Great, who told his soldiers to shave so that enemy troops would not be able to grab them by their beards in a battle. Oh, that's actually very, that's a good handy tip. And he also told his soldiers with particularly hairy backs to wear tight-fitting shirts. <laughs> But but anyway, beards were in vogue in France until Louis VIII was crowned. And then since Louis was beardless, everybody else decided, well, if the king's beardless, ah. I should shave my beard too. Nobody noticed that Louis was a little kid, of course, but that was beside <laughs> the point. And so some of our presidents, U.S. presidents, have had beards. Most famously, of course, Lincoln. Uh, but he's, he actually grew his after his election, his first election. He didn't have a beard when he was running for president. Right. Uh, and President Ulysses Grant had one. Rutherford B. Hayes, I just mentioned, he had a doozy. And every president, pretty much up to William Howard Taft, had facial hair along with plenty of ear and nose hair, too. I don't like uh, beards and mustaches because they they're, they're dirty. I always wondered, what's in it for a woman? They're dirty, and they 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 get stuff in it. And yeah. Did you ever take the the hair from your mother's hairbrush and... <laughs> put it on your chin to see what you might look like oh, of course beard. i did or did you only use it for that one spot no, no, on your no. body i stuffed it in my nose to see what that would look like <laughs> of course i did oh that's funny <laughs> uh but anyway I'm, i just find the, the whole beard phenomenon interesting because if romney and or uh obama had a beard i think they would greatly diminish their chances of winning i just don't i think people generalize about people with beards like that guy looks suspicious to me yeah he's yeah. got something to hide yeah something ain't, something ain't right about that didn't guy. weren't wasn't beard growing though more of a, a um to keep you warm i mean probably wasn't that probably <clears throat> or to you know keep you from having to buy a razor or something the last guy who had any facial hair that was a serious presidential candidate was thomas dewey and oh. he, he ran against truman and he had this pencil thin mustache now that looks and wound up losing a pencil-thin uh, election, by right. the way, to Harry, because not H-A-I-R-Y, Truman. Yeah, he, a, a little pencil-thin mustache is, you know, a classic villain yeah. accoutrement. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a snidely whiplash look. You, exactly. don't, you don't want snidely in the office. And want to say a few words in closing about... Superman as a presidential candidate. Uh, he uh, he has super strength, yes. no question about that. But I don't think even he, even though he's beardless, could be elected president if he was a real person. Why? Well, it wouldn't have much to do with whether or not he decided to grow a beard uh, or kept trying to fool people with those eyeglasses that he would wear. There are bigger problems. First of all, he is originally from another world. That is a so problem. he's ineligible to be president. Right. And secondly, well, there's the tights. <laughs> well, we thought we were at the end of this particular podcast, and uh, but we're not because we just received word uh, when we were wrapping up here. And it's a little hard for me to talk about because I loved this guy so much. Uh, we received word, in, which you probably know by now as you're listening to this, that Chris Wiedis, uh, known as J.P. Patches, passed away. Uh, yeah. And uh, 
Uh, if there's anybody that you would say is iconic in this general area of Seattle, it would be him. Uh, no doubt. No doubt. No argument here. And and if, you, if you're not familiar with the name J.P. Patches, just because you did not grow up around here, that is heresy <laughs> of the First Order because that's like saying you never heard of Mount Rainier because you're not a climber. Or, or the Space Needle, yeah. for that matter. Yeah. Uh, and I just consider myself so lucky that I got to know him and, and be a friend of his mm -hmm. uh, these la last few years. Uh, the uh, statue of J.P. and Gertrude that is mm -hmm. down in Fremont, I somehow was tapped to be the MC for that commemorative day, and it was, uh, I just feel really lucky to have, have known him because it, they're, your heroes, and we've talked about this before, Lisa, your heroes, <clears throat> sorry, I'm having a little trouble talking. I know. Your heroes invariably will disappoint you. That's why they always say, you know what, it's better not to meet your heroes because yeah. they'll let you down. They're mm -hmm. not the people that you think they are. Mm -hmm. uh, could not be uh, more incorrect about Chris Wiedis. That was JP's real name, Chris mm -hmm. Wiedis. He was, uh, he's not memorable just because of the big red nose and the lips and the giant ears and the crazy hair. I mean, anybody, you could walk uh, down any place on Seafair weekend and you could see people like that. That wasn't what he was all about. Right. He was on the air for 23 years with the kids' favorite J.P. Patches show, and it began on Cairo TV long ago. And what year, remind people, a lot of people aren't, aren't from here and might not know the history of that. What year did that show start? I wish I knew for sure. I do know that it was on in total 23 years. He uh, and, and it was on every day. It wasn't just like a once a week show, but it was in then one point it was on in the morning when mm -hmm. kids were going to school. And then it was also on in the afternoon. So many people grew and up. And it was always that, yeah. live. It was live. It wasn't taped. Mm -hmm. And so they would just JP and Gertrude, his number one sidekick <laughs> and all these other characters they would do. They would just make it up uh, every day. They didn't work from scripts, obviously. He, he used to joke about that. <laughs> uh, they, he said, we would go, we'd arrive in the morning, we'd sit in the lunchroom at Cairo TV, and we'd say, how about today, uh, Gertrude, um, you <laughs> you fall down a hole, and I've got to try and rescue you, or whatever it might be. They, just they only classic had a, improv. General outline, and then, and then it was off to the races, and they never knew where it would go. Uh, there were a lot of sound effects and goofy music and characters, and they would interrupt it briefly for some cartoons and things, but mostly it was just them, and mostly it was just J.P. Patches being J.P. And uh, so there's probably never been a local Seattle TV show more revered with the possible exception of Sewing mm -hmm. with Dan Lewis, <laughs> which is immensely popular. But other than that, I think it would be the J.P. show. Yeah, very, uh, very. Can I share a little interview I did with J.P. Yeah, a few years ago, at least part of it? Yeah, let's hear this. And, and this, this is a newspaper interview, so you're not going to hear uh, the clown's voice, but uh, you'll hear me, and I'll try, and, I'll try to make it clear who's saying what. All right. Okay? But I got a chance to go to uh, lunch with him on many occasions, but this one in particular, I was, I was there to interview him for this newspaper article that I wrote. And here, here it is in part. And I say, would it be forward of me to call you JP? And he said, yes, it is forward. Just don't call me PJ because that would be backward. <laughs> That's the mm, kind of mind he had. Yeah, very <clears throat> I said, have you ever gotten tired of, over the years of putting on all the makeup? 
what makeup? <laughs> you know, why don't you ask Tim I'm on that question? I don't know why you're singling me out. I say, I guess I was out of line. Well, to tell you the truth, I always considered myself a lousy clown. And he really said that. Really? I, I said, what? He said, it's true. I can't juggle. I can't walk a tightrope. I can't do magic. I even drive a large domestic car, not one of those teeny circus clown cars. They give me claustrophobia. And I said, but if the real measure of a clown is about being funny and making people laugh and be happy, then you're actually one of the world's greatest clowns. Gee, that's a nice thing for you to say. <laughs> you can call me JP after all. Thanks, JP. Don't wear it out. And, and so on. He was just, what a delightful, delightful Great rock man and tour. And, yeah. And, and the fact, you've, you've told me many stories, your relationship with him, I, I always looked at as very special, and uh, he, he was just a great friend of, of the radio show as well. Yeah, and he, he was. just always seemed to be a very genuine, never... never uh, out of touch with his his celebrity uh, in terms of letting it define who he was. And again, I didn't know him on the same terms that you did, but that's how he struck me as just a very a genuine and, and uh, he wasn't puffed up about his celebrity. No, and he's not a bit. Hugely, hugely popular here. I always tried to sad. figure out. I always tried to figure out what made him so popular. And and the thing is that he he. Um, he, he, I think you said this. He was genuine. That's the thing I treasure most in every human being that I know. Mm -hmm. Authenticity. Mm -hmm. When what you say you're going to do, do you do it? Right. Uh, are you are you an actor uh, that's doing an act, uh, but you're not really that person in real life? That's. I think that yeah, stuff's important. And he was he was of course an actor and doing a character. Sure. But he was just such a nice person such a good mm -hmm. human and but he did it without acting pious or you know uh, uh tisking at, at uh, you know people that that weren't so nice i mean he very was very cool about anything even those people that were kind of obnoxious he would always find something nice to say about them uh that that's quite a cool quality and you can fake that for a moment or maybe a get by with it for a day but you can't do it over a lifetime and he uh he he, he was the real deal and very encouraging of people like me and others uh when he didn't have to be and man that that's just worth more than any amount of gold or yeah. money yeah yeah um and again i know this news again people may be hearing this podcast mm -hmm. A few days after knowing about uh, the passing of JP, but um, you just got this news less than an hour ago, yeah. and um, that's tough. I saw your face. I saw your yeah. face crumple when you when yeah. you got that phone call, and I. We've been trying to go to lunch for the last few months, but I somehow knew it wasn't going to happen because he yeah. he had uh, he'd been fighting uh, some physical limitations, and he. Um, but the thing about him is he uh, he got he retired ostensibly he retired and his last appearance was last September, and, and that was on channel the Channel Nine. Well, uh, he did, we, the Channel Nine thing came. We did one more appearance on TV, uh, and I got a chance to host that on Channel Nine. Yeah, and remind people what the title of that is. I'm going to try to set a link up for people who haven't seen that. I don't know what the title would be. Oh, okay. It was just me. But it was last and, September. And JP and we played. Uh, segments from his show, and then you could call in. It was a pledge drive, essentially, on, for Channel 9. Right. He was very great about oh. giving his time. 
uh, to, to causes like that. He believed in public television and all that stuff. Um, but he, uh, what was I going to say? I, I, I guess the point was that he knew that it was time to retire. And people said, no, don't retire. No, you come to my birthday party. Do this first and do that. But he just finally decided, he told me, he said, yeah, I'm just tired. I'm just worn out. It's time for me to walk away. And he timed it pretty right because uh, he uh, he really could not have made many more public appearances. It was very difficult for him. He was in his 80s, and uh, his health was taken a toll. But a clown has to always be a clown and look happy, and everything's great, and look at this. And, mm-hmm. and it, was, it was hard for him to keep up that appearance when he wasn't feeling so good personally. So mm. he's pretty heroic all the way to the end. Um, so I looked up the word icon because I've always thought of, is J.P. Patches, was he an icon, Chris Wiedis? Mm-hmm. Icon in the dictionary says noun, one who is the object of great attention and devotion, an idol. That yeah, sounds like J.P. sure does. Yeah. 